Hey, Dubs. Hi. How'd you like it? So, for those who don't know, we agreed that on this episode, we were going to both go out and watch a very important movie and come back and talk about it. So, I ask you, Dubs, how did you enjoy, in the year 2021, watching the movie Twister? (laughs) I think that movie for some reason hits every single base of what makes movies from that era great yeah and that, and that movie just it slaps that's uh, it's uh, good music it's good shots it's good acting it's emotional it's funny it's quippy it's yes. good yes it's like the scenes are nice like yeah. <laughs> the scenes are nice like 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 <laughs> like there's no i feel like there's no fluff scenes there's no fluff so i <laughs> i went hard on this assignment that we gave to ourselves uh, we agreed that we were going to dig up some old movies from the past to go watch them and then like discuss them in the year 2021. And that's exactly how I felt about that movie. It is such a perfect like 90s campy movie. Uh, but it's not campy. It's so campy. It's Are you kidding campy. me? <laughs> the cows? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, steak and eggs? That's steak and eggs. So good. That's not fucking campy. That's not campy, <laughs> buddy. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, Sorry, I, haven't, I haven't seen this movie in years, and I also, I didn't realize how nostalgic it would be for me to watch it. Right. I must have seen this movie a ton of times, because right. I remembered almost every line from the movie, and I, I feel like I've seen it, like, a couple times, but, like, with the amount of stuff that I remembered, having not seen it for, like, at least a decade, uh, it was in- insane how much I remembered. Also, like, my family references that movie, and I haven't even realized that it was Twister references. When we get together for, like, Thanksgiving and things like that, when people, like, bring in, like, the turkey or, like, someone brings the stuffing, we all, like, all the dudes in the family will go, food, food, when they all start chanting for food because they want to go to her aunt's house. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is, like, pointing right in her face, food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we all do that, like, every Thanksgiving when the food is ready. Uh, or like, we'll all be like hanging out in the living room and then my aunt will be like, okay, the ham's ready. Go get everybody. I'll like walk in and be just, food, food. We'll like interrupt people's conversations, <laughs> like put our hands on their lips, food. Uh, and that's from Twister. And like, I haven't known that fact for like 10 years Told that you. we reference Twister every year. Um, it's amazing. It's so, amazingly well done. It's, it's very good. Well done. First thing that hit me about that movie is I forgot how stacked that cast is. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I remember Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I forgot that Carrie Elways was the bad guy. Uh, I forgot that, uh, I forget his name, but uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's best friend, Cameron Fry, yep. is uh, Rabbit. Yep. Rabbit is wise. Rabbit is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, I uh, uh, forget his name, but the, the medic from Saving Private Ryan, who is also the stranger from God of War. Um, I know you're in there. That yeah, guy, yeah, he yeah, is, yeah, uh, yeah. He's like the little nerdy guy. Yep. The computer weather-watching dude. Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously. Helen Hunt. Um, it's it's good. <laughs> it's good. That's what I mean. It's Everything is so well done. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and the shots, the even the the shots of the of the trucks all like taking turns in the cornfields. Yeah, and, and the way they portrayed time passing as they're having conversations, as they're chasing the tornadoes and talking about storms, and they're on radios mm-hmm. asking where it's going and stuff yep. like that, and the giant maps are getting pulled out and they're looking. It's an adventure movie. 
Like they yes. are, it is like a yes. treasure hunt movie is what yes. it feels like. It feels like an uncharted video game where it's like, but the treasure can kill you. <laughs> we're yes. chasing a deadly treasure. Yes. Uh, for science. Yes. Uh, and it's like, there's the, there's this rich sellout guys who are doing it for not like nefarious reasons, but they're just, Oh, they're the corporate sellouts. They don't know anything. And then we're like the underdogs, the ragtag team of guys who are like really passionate uh, one of my favorite scenes that I completely forgot about is when the Carrie Elways, they're all in the diner and they're like tracking it on the computers and they're yeah. talking to NSSO or whatever. Uh, and they're like, all right, it's going to go this way. And Bill Paxson's just outside looking at the horizon. He picks, picks up, up some dirt, dirt and drops, <laughs> drops it. it and he goes, it's going that way. And they're like, no, but the computers. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, man, I dropped the dirt. Yeah, I know. I smell it. <laughs> he's a, he's a natural, uh, a natural uh, uh, twister hunter. Yeah, exactly. Um it was so good. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked how, too, the first half of the movie, he's trying to be so, you know, buttoned up. And yeah. all of his friends are like, oh, the fucking wild man's back. And he's like, hey, when this he's got, yeah, he's with his fiance. This guy took a shit on a cop car and yeah. like telling these wild stories about him. Yeah, he's like, no, that was, that was, that's exaggerated. Yeah, They're but then like, he's like kind of laughing. Yeah, This dude's pissing at the tornado. <laughs> Say, come fuck this, you know? He like <laughs> chucks a, a whiskey bottle into the tornado, goes up, never comes back down, which also, like, it's the kind of movie that like it's it's such a campy like adventure whatever movie but there's like every line of dialogue and this is like jurassic park and i realized later why i made this connection to jurassic park like it's a very similar vibe to jurassic park it's like classic adventure movie sums up the 90s really well every line of dialogue is important to understanding the movie as a whole and it's important to the story like he chucked the the whiskey bottle in there and went up and it never came down that's how they got the idea to do dorothy like the yeah. the balls that they'll, go up and measure up the and tornado they and they'll and never they come going. down like yeah. they're gonna be in the atmosphere and then we're gonna be able to track tornadoes he got that idea while he was drunk and he hooked a whiskey bottle into the tornado so like i got big jurassic park vibes watching it because i watched yes. jurassic park a couple yes a, a couple uh every couple years Jurassic Park is based off a book written by Michael Crichton, which is a very, very good book. It's a very cool book. He also helped book. write. The, he adapted the book to a screenplay for Steven Spielberg. Uh, Twister was not a book. It was just a screenplay written by Michael Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> so they're literally both written by the same dude. Uh, and this one was executive produced by Steven Spielberg. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. And Kathleen Kennedy, who runs uh, Star Wars these days. She's really? like the George Lucas of uh, of Star Wars these days. Oh, very nice. So, yeah, very cool. I was going to say, you make a good point. Jurassic Park and Twister do something. Oh, gosh. There's so many times I want to reference Timmy to, to just chime in. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but going back to how it's shot the the shading and the colors are very similar yeah like they're dark but they're but they're vibrant yeah 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 yeah. um yeah it's like i would sum it up by like alan grant's outfit like the khakis and the bright blue shirt and the red bandana and the tan hat is like it like pops on screen but he's in like this muddy like jungle essentially and he's like yes exactly yeah. you know it's it's just it's something about the way they shoot it especially the 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 night stuff 
I feel like there's movies that try to portray nighttime shots as if it is the true nighttime and it's pitch black and you yeah. can't see shit. It's like, look how real it is. It's because yeah. there's no light. But they do a good job of showing that it's nighttime and showing you action. And they do yep. it all the time in Twister because they have to because they're in storms. Yeah, it's and, like it's just brown wind. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's they do a they do a really good job at that. Um Yeah. No. I, I remember loving the Dodge truck because it was because he shows up as the as a fancy contract corporate guy with the new with the new hot truck, and they're all like, "Oh, Mister, I can afford a truck now, like a yeah. new truck." <laughs> and then he breaks it. He breaks the truck they have. Helen Hunt's character has, and they go, "Well, you owe me a truck." And he's just <laughs> yeah. like, "Shit." <laughs> yeah it's just it was i remember as a kid watching it being like that's so badass the, way, then, the way he then, recklessly drives that truck is yeah. the shit just and then by the end of the movie he drives the truck into a tornado yeah he, he, the- yeah he does the classic send the bomb off like into the thing with yeah, the cement block you exactly know? yep yeah it was so good uh like so many like i was watching it and like it it it's it's been a good amount of time since I've seen it, so it felt very fresh to me. Like it was at the same time very nostalgic, but I like I forgot the the major plot points that were gonna hit. But as they're happening, I was like, yes, 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 I remember this whole conversation. Like the whole thing with the aunt, Aunt Meg, who makes like the wind chime art. Yeah. And then that's how they get the idea for the aluminum cans to do like the wind yep. chimes that go up, to the go little up. the turbines. Like everything was important. And like the the emotional backstory of Helen Hunt's character as a as a girl as a when girl her dad gets sucked up by the F five tornado. Yep. I also I was watching it alone and I burst out laughing at the scene where they're having the steak and eggs and uh, Helen Hunt goes up to shower and uh, I forget uh, the the new fiance's name. I forget her name, but I forgot uh, to Michelle or something yeah. like that. She's asking him, I was like, so like, there's like different kinds of tornadoes. And like, oh yeah, there's an F1. That's like a little dust devil or whatever. And then F3, that'll re- properly re- relocate your house. F4 is nothing to mess with. And she goes, is there like an F5? <laughs> and everyone's like, <gasps> they like drop their forks. And it's like, it's what quiet. the fuck did you think the conversation was going to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're and talking it's quiet, about F1, yeah. 2, 3, 4. Is there an F5? Yeah. Oh yeah. We don't talk about those. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. No, you don't talk about those around her. Yep. Right? And then, like, but that, it that convers that conversation was so dumb because <laughs> like everyone's shocked and appalled that she would ask about the next number in sequence. <laughs> and that's then- a good point. Okay, fine. That's a good point. <laughs> but it like it gives even more weight to the scene at the beginning of the movie. Because, yes. oh, that tornado that we saw at the beginning, that was an F5. That's why it was so wild. And then it ties together the the big tornado at the end of the movie is the next F5. Yes. And yeah. they, they also do a, a great job of of being, uh, of showing these are monsters. Uh, yeah. The screaming sounds. Yeah. Like the music, the tone, the music difference. Ev- ev- like everything just shifts yeah. when there's a tornado involved. Or when it starts touching down. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's um I guess there's really no I was gonna try to compare it to something that you would be I guess concerned about and trying to avoid but needing to get close, and I can't think of anything other than a tornado. And it's yeah. just it's just this weird flame that they need to get close to, but they can't get too close because they'll die. Yeah. And it's such a weird yeah, yep. it's 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 a cool movie, it, it, and you know how it's a you know how it's a good movie. Jurassic Park falls on this too. There's no other movies that even bother trying to replicate it. Yeah, 
There's no like, like, oh, here's the dinosaur movie just like Jurassic Park. Nope, they just go, fuck it, there's Jurassic Park. Yeah, I That's mean, it. there's Sharknado. <laughs> and they made like seven of those. I mean... <laughs> there's like, there's some, there's like Storm movies, right? There's like Geostorm, uh, there's The no, Day no, After no. Tomorrow. Those are apocalypse movies yeah sure, sure, sure. <laughs> those aren't weather movies as much let's as, go let's go chase tornadoes for science yes or like, that's more like you didn't listen to me and global warming is going to kill us all yeah exactly that kind of shit yeah or the tsunami to listen gonna... to dennis quaid um i also i read some more fun facts that's how i found out it was right what side note because i watched that recently yeah i like that movie a lot day after tomorrow yes yeah but there's a scene where i go okay i guess <laughs> It's when, and it's a sad scene. It's when the uh, the UK team yeah. loses power, and yeah. they 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 pull out the scotch. Yeah. Um. And like, I think one of them says, like, "Well, I guess we could burn this if we for a few more hours or something out of the generator." And the uh, and one of the guys goes, "Are you crazy?" And he grabs it and he goes, "That's twelve year old scotch." And I'm like. Yep, most scotch is 12 years old. <laughs> like, that is the standard yeah. minimum age. Yeah, it's like, the, are you crazy? That's a three-year bourbon. It's like, <laughs> yep. That's, it's like saying, hey, that's genuine leather. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just like, yeah, bud. It's just, <laughs> yep, that's, uh, that's single malt scotch is typically only 12. That's 99% of single malt scotch. So that's good. You should say that's a 24-year scotch. I love how that that's... That's the scene. That's the line where you're like, "I'm um, excuse me, that's actually not accurate." <laughs> when, when he said, "There's one scene that's like kind of dumb." I thought it was gonna be when the cold was chasing them, <laughs> like when they could physically see the wall of cold coming at them, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta run into the hotel." <laughs> or the I like pack that scene. of rabid wolves. I like that scene. I like that scene. That scene was neat. That scene was neat. Movie. But that's what took me out of it because I don't know what would happen if that actually happened in real life. But I know in real life, 12-year-old scotch is great. Also it, probably it's, wouldn't it's, make good generator it's, fuel. It's good. It's good scotch. 12-year-old scotch is a, oh, yeah. is a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not... It's not... I'm not going to snatch it out your hands and say that's 12-year-old scotch. <laughs> That's just not how it's gonna go. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how it is for me. Uh, can we get a like a rating of Twister on a scale of one to ten for you? Nine. Nine. Sure. Yeah. I, I solid eight, maybe nine on a good day for me. I would say nine. Yeah. I'd say nine. That's fun. S- solid nine. A solid nine for me. Um, the sound, the sound effect that they made for the Twisters. Yeah. For the yeah yeah yeah. Do you know how they made that? I'm assuming they slowed down the sound of two things that they rubbed together. <laughs> That's actually pretty close. That, uh, quick side note, that is how they made the sound of Godzilla and the original Godzilla movies. They took a big rubber sheet and they wore rubber washing gloves and they rubbed their hand down the sheet. So it's like, and they slowed that way down. So it's like, yeah. Um, no, they took, uh, they put a box, filled it with chicken wire and put a microphone at the back of the box, put it on the roof of a car and drove really fast. So the wind was like coming through the chicken wire and that's what the microphone picked up. Like that is elaborate. (laughs) That's really cool. Who got super high and came up with that's the idea that we're going to make for the twister sound. I mean, if it works, it works, man. If it works, it works. I I love sound design. Sound design is so cool with how they come up with Um, stuff. Uh, what's Foley artists is what they're called. Like the people who make the, uh. 
like this like crunching snow like when there's right. footsteps crunching on snow it's like two bags of sand that they just like squish on the yeah. ground and like there's so many like cool yeah. yep exactly and then like they'll do like uh if there's like a, a bird or something that's like running or, or flying or something they just they like smack feathers on like a on a piece of fabric or something like that it's so interesting it's so cool it's so cool how they yeah. come up with ideas um, there is, I, I remember when I used to work at GameStop, there is, we had stupid GameStop TV that would just play like eight ads on a loop all day and just grind our brains into insanity. Um, but there was one where they like went behind the scenes of some horror game. I think it was the evil within and they had an interview with the sound designer. Uh, and like when there are monsters coming up and they're like, uh, he would just eat like mangoes, like a savage into the microphone and just mush them around in his mouth, like with mouth wide open, like mango dripping down his chin. And then he's like, now we're going to slow that down, add some reverb, blah, blah, blah. And look at this. And it was like a monster running down the hallway. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just a Japanese dude eating mango. It was so good. Uh, and then like the way they do bones breaking is like, they just like snap pop in front of the microphone or something like that oh, geez. or sometimes they'll like uh like break like a chicken bone like oh, they'll yeah. just get a rotisserie yeah. chicken and just snap, snap the legs it. off oh that's <laughs> a real oh yeah when you crack off in a, a rotisserie you crack off the wing or the leg oh it's visceral oh yeah just <laughs> you, pop the pop too yeah. you feel like a warlord <laughs> the pop and crack oh yeah dude oh yeah dude 100 percent um excellent i i really enjoyed watching twister for the sake yeah. of talking about on this uh on the show do we have do we want to immediately queue up another movie or you want to have it be a special recurring segment do you have another movie in mind that you want to do next well i wanted well if we're gonna do this segment yeah first of all you we didn't we didn't set up the segment properly we just kind of went into it oh yeah because i was doing a the classic uh, misdirection Yes. Based on the, the what we're probably going to... Pull up the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Oh, of, of Twister. It. That's right. That's right. Of Twister when it first came out. Twister movie. See, we didn't discuss this enough, and uh, it's, 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 it's showing. So, what? The... Our... <laughs> we didn't plan this out at all. You keep going. Yeah. Uh, can you guess what the score is on the tomatometer? 86. It is a 61. Ooh. A high-concept blockbuster that emphasizes special effects over three-dimensional characters. Twister's visceral thrills are often ops- offset by the film's generic plot. I wouldn't say that is generic. When did that come out? Um, that, that, that review you just read. Oh, that's like the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus. So Rotten Tomatoes gives it a score, and then they read a bunch of what critics say, and they make a quick little blurb themselves. Okay. Like, so that's what they said back when it first came out. That's what they said people are saying about it. But I don't think Rotten Tomatoes was around in 1998 when this came out. So I don't know exactly when that was written. Uh, and it doesn't say. But um came out November 24th, 1998. Mm-hmm. So almost however many years ago that is. Um, Long time ago. Holy shit. Grossed a, a quarter of a uh, quarter of a billion dollars. Oh. Uh, $241.7 million. Uh, directed by Jan DeBont, who I don't know who that is. Uh, he directed Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> dude, that's a good movie, too. Speed 2 is not a good movie. Speed 2 is a good dude. movie. I'm sorry. Speed he directed Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, Equilibrium, Minority Report. What? He's good. I told you he's good. All right. Uh, he also directed Speed 1. So, oh, we should do Speed. 
Is that our next movie? Yeah. <laughs> Are we just gonna? Let's <laughs> just speed. This segment is just gonna be us watching this dude's movies. <laughs> Dude, I love Speed. Speed is so good. We'll do Speed, speed next. Is so I've good. seen. I have seen Speed once, a very long time ago. So I've watched Speed eight times, <laughs> eight to twelve times. I've watched Speed. Cool. I've watched Speed more than I've watched Endgame. Jesus, <laughs> that breaks my heart. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Alan Ruck is the guy who played uh, Rabbit and uh, Cameron Fry. Uh, Jeremy Davies is he played Lawrence. He's the one who played uh, the Stranger in God of War. Uh, Todd Field, Zach Grenier, uh, Abraham Ben Ruby, who is also one of the bad guys from George of the Jungle. That's what I recognized him from. Uh, he was one of like the henchmen. Okay. Um, I don't really recognize anybody else. Uh, who's well, it, we, we're going over the reviews. Oh, yes, 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 reviews. You're going down a rabbit hole here. Oh, yeah. I'm on like a, a tangent of a tangent of a tangent. Uh, let's read. So clearly we don't agree with the review from Rotten Tomatoes. No, 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 no. I mean, watching it, I knew I knew I was enjoying it more than critics did. See, I didn't think about critics. Mm. Like So that's usually when I use the term campy. I mean, it's a movie that I really enjoy watching that I know is not critically well acclaimed. <laughs> like, it is not a very good okay. movie on paper. Uh, okay. Or, like, by the book. But okay. it's just so much fun. It's enjoyable. It is a good And one. isn't that what movies are? That's the point of them, be? right? Uh, so, are we going to read old reviews? Or are we going to read new reviews? There's one from August 11th, 2021. I, I was going to say old okay. for this segment. Let me go back. Let me go back. Here we go. We're back to 2002. Keep going farther. Back in 2000. One more. And now we're in 1996. Not sure how that's possible. Because <laughs> it came out in 1998. Um, a movie with wooden performances, a color by numbers screenplay, and some mighty cool but hardly revolutionary special effects. Uh, the story is pretty thin, but the gee whiz effects, especially in an auditorium with good stereo sound, are guaranteed to knock the audience for a loop. That <laughs> review was written 500 years ago. <laughs> uh, the story's pretty thin, but the gee whiz effects. <laughs> gee willikers, mister. Uh, it's a perfect motion picture roller coaster. Fun, fast, and furious. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't think too hard. That guy gets it. <laughs> that is... But I don't it. think it's that, like... Oh, man, it's dumb if you think about it. It's just, I mean, is it? Yes. <laughs> how? So, uh, do you remember the cow scene? You remember how there was a That's cow? That's moo, and it moo, crosses. Yeah, yeah, and it okay. very slowly crosses in front like it's in zero gravity. And then it comes back, and the car just keeps driving. <laughs> the car is totally fine. Okay. But this okay. cow is okay. being effortlessly tossed around by okay. a water tornado. Okay. okay. Uh, also, okay. the water sloshing sound was so nasty. <laughs> it's like... It's there, it's windy enough for there to be a tornado, but for some reason all you hear is just slosh, 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 like a faucet is on. Okay, okay, um, you win there. You they win there. wrapped them at the end during an F five tornado, which like rips earth off the ground. <laughs> they 
tie themselves to a pipe with a strip of leather. Like a big strip of leather, granted. <laughs> and they are being pulled upside down. And they look up into the tornado where there's a core of a tornado. Like yeah. a thin little tornado on the yeah. inside. Which I genuinely don't know if that's true or not. I, I believe that's my true. My gut says no. I believe that's true. The eye of the storm. The eye of the storm has another little tiny tornado in it? I think that wasn't a tornado. I think that was just wind they were trying to show. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that was baloney. That was hot baloney. I think the pipes definitely would have stayed in the ground. I think a strip of leather would not have held a human to it, especially when they were being pulled upside down. The strip would have ripped or their skin would have been pulled off. <laughs> like, <laughs> What was that leather? It was off a barn door, wasn't it? Just yeah. some barn leather. <laughs> You know the loose leather that you have, <laughs> the big giant leather belt. No, it's probably for like leather. a like a plow or something like that. Yeah, it's probably like leather you strap around your way. Like if you ever need to pull a tree off your car and you need to invite your fat friend over to just pull, <laughs> you just strap. You them. just walk. Yeah, you just <laughs> strap some leather around you and the tree, and then just walk in that direction. Walk that way. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay. <laughs> there's like there's so many like okay okay all right, all right we don't need to break down every single scene yeah and but, then after that by the way i'm gonna break down every single scene after that f5 tornado bill paxton looks up and he goes oh it didn't take the house and they're like did you guys see that and then helen hunt says we've seen enough action and then they just start tongue fucking each other <laughs> oh yeah dude. dude you got him man as the camera slowly backs away for like 30 seconds as they just continue to make out yeah and it fades to black and it says executive producer kathleen kennedy from star wars so you kind of agree with that review i i that's that's the review that i would sum up i also agree with this one i like twister i really like it Okay, I love it. <laughs> That's the, the short version of someone's review. Uh, here's a bad one. Whenever one might think of the increasing mindlessness of effects-driven blockbusters, you'd think they could at least manage to entertain or give you a reason to come back when you get up to go to the restroom. Damn. Jesus. The, so there's something that I don't like about just critics in general where they feel like it's their job to, like, roast movies or roast whatever it is yeah the way they have to detail their dislike yeah exactly and and like but like literally like roast (laughs) like it is (laughs) my job to just destroy this movie i love movies but i'm gonna make a career out of publicly hating every movie that i see yeah i can yeah i i kind of agree it's it it turns me off of what they're saying because i'm just like Okay, dude, you, you're obviously full of hate about this right now. So yeah. it's like, whatever, dude, whatever. Uh, I also like this one. An adrenaline pumping thriller that leaves you with a deep respect for the terrifying power of nature. That, you know what? That's the one. That's yours? That's the one. An adrenaline pumping thriller that leaves you with a deep respect for the terrifying power but of nature. But also, let's, let's be very real here. Also makes you extremely hungry. Oh, that's steak and eggs, dude. dude. Benjamin Babish did a whole steak steak with eggs uh, yeah. uh, segment, you know, and that, it's just like oh. extremely dark brown gravy. Oh, oh my gosh, injected into my veins, and the heaviness that they're throwing the, t- the potatoes. Yeah, oh, flop. Oh, dude. <laughs> I will say the dude. steaks didn't look extremely appetizing. <laughs> I think they were country fried steaks. Uh, they were just out of a pan. Or Helen Hunt grabs them. Country 
chicken fried steaks. Chicken fried steaks? I think they were chicken. They, have they you were, ever had chicken fried steak? Yeah, from Chili's. Uh, but they were... <laughs> It's the only time I've ever had it. Um, Chili sells chicken fried steak. They did when I got it, and let me tell you, it was bonkers delicious. But yeah, no, it is bonkers. It's it's bonkers unhealthy. It's but. a deep fried <laughs> steak with white country gravy on top of it. It's insane. But um, gosh, I want that <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, the steak didn't look incredible. <laughs> just like I thought, thin it thin steaks just fried in a skillet. Uh, and then the but mashed that, potatoes and the eggs. That, that yolky egg is Ugh. what... Dude, that's the scene in the movie that got me to try it. I remember one night we were having steaks that were grilled for dinner, and I said, can I make an egg? Yeah. And my parents went, uh, yeah, you want steak and eggs for dinner? Yeah. And I, thinking I found something completely new from Twister, was just like, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, have you had it before? And they were both like, yes. And I was blown away. I was like, wait, you both had steak and eggs before? They were like... <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's a thing. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't had a huge culinary experience yet, like a wide range of experiences in the culinary universe. So uh, I, I'm trying something I found from a movie. So I'm gonna have this. Yeah, and just fantastic. That's a great way to describe it. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. It's fantastic. It's yeah, fantastic. Um, well, great. Twister was great. I think we'll do Speed next. If you're cool, yeah, I, oh, I love Speed. I, and one and two. I love both of them. William Defoe's in Speed too. So don't you forget that Willem, Willem Defoe. Um, love Willem Defoe. Yes. Um, William, so Speed William. Speed One. Can I tell you the Rotten Tomato score for Speed One and Speed Two? No. Okay, we're gonna talk about it on the episode. Yes. Nobody look it up. Nobody look yeah, it up. Don't doing? look up Speed you, on Rotten doing? Tomatoes. But doing? if you want to watch Speed. Uh, so that way next week when we yes, talk about yes. speed, you could be caught up with us. That would be fun. Watch speed. Um, let's talk about another little movie that we both also watched. Okay. Tenet. <laughs> no, not Tenet. Okay. Uh, cause I still haven't seen it. Eternals. Oh. Eternals. Spoiler alert. Marvel Studios. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I was, spoiler uh, sorry. Alert. Also spoiler for Twister. Spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert for Eternals. Spoiler alert. I think we'll talk about this for the rest of the episode. We're halfway yep. through. Yep. We just spent 30 minutes talking about Twister. Hopefully we can talk about Eternals for 30 minutes. Oh, we can talk about Eternals for an hour. Let's go. Um, Let's fucking go so here. we have been hanging out for hours now today. Yes. And we both saw it recently. When did you see it? Sunday. Sunday. I saw it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we have been very tight-lipped about how we feel about it until this very moment we're about to find out for the first time how each other feels about it Uh, did you want to say like on the count of three a real quick summary of how you feel like just one one quick sentence like two three words tops how you feel about it on the count of three okay one two three i loved it eternals jesus fucking eyeball (laughs) skull fucking christ That's that's your note that you put in the notes app. Etern- for those who didn't hear it, Eternals, Jesus, fucking eyeball, skull, fucking Christ. Does so that mean you, that you enjoy the special effects? When you when you read that, did you think, oh, he's he's blown away? This motherfucker or, saw it in IMAX. Or, oh my god, this was the most horrible thing he's ever no, seen. No, absolutely. I read that by the way when we sat down to record. I'm so yes. glad I didn't read yes. that earlier because that definitely. <laughs> infers the way you feel about the movie i'm assuming that you loved the visuals of it let me give you the backdrop yeah <laughs> okay Please of this do. experience yeah 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 so 
my girlfriend and I wanted to see Eternals. Yes. And we wanted to see it in timing with this uh, podcast. Yes. So we could talk about it. Yes. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, specifically around the Endgame and Star Wars times, you know, especially from my talks with Chris, I am a very big fan of seeing movies later after release because it's a more personal, private experience there's less people in the there's less people um there's you can choose the seats you want um the movie theater by us we were going to go to has something called xd it's a cinemark or cinemax it's It's like imax yeah and it's basically their version of imax and i was super thrilled to try out this xd for the first time uh we didn't because when i saw the seats uh she showed me the seats that were available and they were there were none Mm. there were no good ones i was like okay packed theater yeah i was like okay Let's just do a normal, then like a normal uh, screen to see instead, and because um, at least we can get good seats. So we got the best seats in the fucking house, right? Dead Middle, center, dead center, like perfect yeah. height. Oh, it was great. So we show up early, like half an hour early, mm-hmm. six thirty showing. So show up at six, and it's empty. Oh, and I'm so th- I'm like fucking right. Let's go. <laughs> so thrilled i'm so ready for it right i'm so ready i'm so hyped i'm also anxious because i have to avoid any uh spider-man uh yes uh, you're ready to do the earmuffs yeah between the legs screaming like a maniac also side note no trailer was shown for spider-man no trailer was shown which was odd yeah i was really expecting one i'm really happy they didn't yeah uh so there was that about 10 minutes before 6 30 when it starts uh uh-oh there's people coming in Oh, that's fine. You know, of course, it's a Sunday. It's it is what it is. Two different groups of people sat immediately on my shoulder rest, on mm-hmm. my armrest to my right. You and immediately, like right next to you. Yes. No empty seat in between. Nope. Ugh. Right and left hand side. Ugh. And I was like, okay, all right. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. You know everybody's like it's like it's almost like a family am i right there's like the mother's next to me and then there's the son and everything else remasked up uh yes i was messed up the entire movie yeah i don't know if i'm going to continue to explain my experience other than i think i'm going to just recreate parts of it for you (laughs) through this review process (laughs) okay okay sure so you just have some like a slight example yeah of how long was this movie? Two hours, 15? Two hours, 40 minutes. Two hours, 40. Or something like that. So just so we have some type of experience repeat. Yes. So you can understand what I what I had to go through. Yeah. Um, to summarize, I liked the movie. Okay. I thought it was very, very different. Yes. And I thought that there were some things I did not like about it. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely some things that I was very happy to see, mm-hmm. but overall, I wasn't blown away by the story of it. I was more blown away by the implications of it. Okay. I guess you could say. Yeah. But you said you loved it. I had right? an absolute blast. Okay. I, it was so... Uh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, that legit scared Sorry. me. Sorry. Look at the spike. Sorry. In garage, we're gonna need to edit that down. Sorry, because we just lost half of our listeners. Sorry, continue. (laughs) Did she have a whooping cough next to you? What was going on? Sorry, keep going, keep going. (laughs) Please do not do that again. I immediately get the gravity of your movie-going experience. (laughs) 
I'm not talking because I know you're going to do it again. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, are you going to start crinkling? <laughs> okay. Keep going. No, I'm not going to keep going. <laughs> I get it, Dubs. I know what it's like to see a movie with other people in the room because that's how I see movies. And I get that you don't like it, but you don't... <laughs> You have your flashlight on. This is a podcast. This is only a joke for me. <laughs> You're looking for your seat. You're miming silently no, again just, on this podcast. I thought, I thought I hit something with my feet. I just had to check to make sure. That's Did all. she turn on her flashlight? Continue. Well, I had a flashlight experience in no, my keep theater. Going. No, 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 keep going. So, like five, ten minutes into the movie, somebody came in with their flashlight, like came around the corner looking at all the aisles and it's like you're an aisle j it's the 10th letter of the alphabet go up 10 steps and there you are um so keep going you said you loved it i loved it please don't please don't <laughs> cough again i get it i'm not gonna cough again. <laughs> i'm not gonna cough again i'm so scared that you're going <laughs> i'm like legit nervous now you have given no. me anxiety <laughs> I'm not going to do it immediately. Don't worry about it. Whatever I do. Whatever That's I do. That's even worse. No. Whatever I do is not going to be immediate. Because like a movie going experience, it goes on for over two hours. So you said you loved it. What part did you love more? The story, the characters, the, the special coughing. effects? I loved the coughing. I got to sit in between two coffers. Um, yeah, so I fully understand. I had the exact same experience, so there's there's no need to continue to recreate it while I explain how I enjoyed the movie. I loved it. <laughs> God damn you. I think that was legit, but if that it's was, not, I hate you. That was legit. That was legit. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. It felt very different. Um, it was a very different style. It was a very different vibe from every other Marvel movie. Yes, the way the story was told. There was so much dialogue, and I loved almost every line that was spoken. It was just so interesting to me. Similar to, but not done at nearly as well as Jurassic Park or even Twister, I would say. <laughs> every line felt like it added to the story, but... And this, it just felt like giant exposition dump. <laughs> like they like, had to. Yeah, they had to. They There's had so much. to. I was expecting it, and they did it better than I thought they were going to be, which was a nice surprise. But it still did feel a little bit clunky. Um, but I thought it was great. I was worried that with ten brand new characters, not, they weren't really going to have their time to shine, and I wasn't really going to give a crap about all of them. They were all very one-dimensional because they only had time to explain like one facet of each character's personality. But yeah. that was enough. Like they basically they set the stage of this is what the Eternals are. This is what their deal is right now, and this is one little character tidbit on each one of them. Because now when you go into the third act. Based on what you know about the characters, this is how they're going to act in the third act. And these are the sides that they're going to take. And this is how they're going to behave. And then that's the movie. And it's it was such a great, like, pretty one-dimensional, one like, character, like, I, not character study. That's way deeper than it is. But, like, just movie about these ten characters and, like, the way that, like, love affects them and how they, like learn what it is to be human and then how their human experiences affect the way they feel about <laughs> about the celestials and the whole mission and everything back to you i think <laughs> i think uh that's very accurate actually i feel i feel like i'm back there again 
I feel as if the the heavy-handed over-the-head repeated message was, and this is actually, I was telling uh, my my girlfriend about this on the way home. Granted, I was also a little tilted leaving that theater after my theater experience. Mm. Um, I believe it doesn't sound like you at all to be tilted over anything. <laughs> I believe my verbatim was, I wonder if I could have made them feel more at home if I took an empty popcorn bucket down in front of me, pulled my pants down, and shit in it. Because <laughs> I was surrounded by fucking animals. Anyways, continuing. Continuing. Did you not enjoy their theater etiquette? Nope. Um, that's that's so. The, here's the problem with it. Here's the problem with it. The message of the movie was they have their flaws, they have their problems, but they are worth saving. They are capable of so much. Their potential is so great. And the whole time, I was saying, no, you should let them all die because I'm surrounded by examples that need to be taken off of this fucking planet. Your own personal Hiroshima. <laughs> These people aren't worth saving. (laughs) Not the ones I'm around right now. Jesus. Fucking do it. Um, It was... Not overdramatic at all. That's how bad it was. I'm (laughs) sorry. You have not talked about the movie at all yet. I just did. I said the heavy-handed part of it was so overbearing, it was getting annoying. Yeah. It was just, but the humans... We need to fight for them. We need to f- defy our own purpose of existence for them. So they have a chance because of this and that. And because they have the potential to do so much. First of all, yes, we've heard that all the time. Wow, a piece of art created by humans depicting that humans are worth saving because mm. humanity is so great and powerful in its potential. Yeah. That's unique. But it was also how many times that was the fuck. I think that was the fucking theme. The theme was... They have the option by design for their existence to not interfere, but mm. they are now interfering. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was the fight against Icarus. Yeah. When Icarus was just, no, we have to perform our purpose. Yeah. We have to do what we were designed and meant to do. Yep. We have to do this thing. We have to, because of our creation, because of what we've done. For millions and millions of years. At least you're interrupting yourself. (laughs) For millions of years, we have to do this thing. And why should we stop now? And now we know the truth. And it still should not change the outcome of our purpose. Uh You know what I mean? (laughs) So (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel you. Speaking of Icarus, I enjoyed... That it's another Marvel movie with like uh it had a bad guy where it's like, Yeah, I get it. I get you, bro. Are you taking yeah, right? photos? Right? Oh totally. <laughs> Wait, was someone you're <laughs> you keep making silent jokes and this is a podcast. This isn't jokes. You're you're filming our I told you I would recreate what I experienced. You saw so someone far, filming the movie? The person right next to me was snapping. Oh, doing Snapchat. Of scenes that's ridiculous that's absolutely ridiculous including the after credit scene which i know we'll get to eventually yeah Um, and it wasn't like it was dimly lit it was this fucking bright of her display it was yeah your iphone screen lit up yes (laughs) 
I love how you're gonna you're gonna eventually find that video on your phone and be like, why nah, the just hell delete. did I record nah, my I just computer deleted it. screen? I just deleted it. Uh, yeah, that sounds awful, man. Sounds like you had a bad bad batch of. People. I'm not saying anything. I'm just recreating the experience for you to understand the. I think the bias I have to the movie. Yeah. Because I couldn't pay attention to it, and every emotional, impactful scene was minimized. By shit like that around me. Yeah, exactly. And I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah. I, I because I'm good. seeing the message of but they're worth so much because of their potential and their ability for 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 kindness and, and joy and love. And meanwhile, right next to me, all that's happening. Yeah. Like on my shoulder, on my armrest, and it's just in fucking infuriating. Yeah. Not to mention my favorite part was the fight commentary. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> amazing yeah you know like when thena was yeah, uh oh yeah doing her cool moves was fighting and shit yeah little fuck face to the right of me next to the next to the mother <laughs> was just flat out talking as if he was talking to a friend on the phone Ugh. just oh that was good oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh get him you don't like that i love that I know you do. I know you love packed theaters. I know no. you said you love the energy. No. You love this community aspect to it that everybody feels when they see the movie for the first time. So I understand it's your thing. It's not my thing. It's definitely not my thing. So we will never try to watch a new movie the week it comes out so we talk about it on the podcast together is what I'm gathering. No, we can. We can. Just I, I need to somehow not be surrounded by that. Yeah. That's all. That's no, I, I know you don't love that. But I'm serious, though. That was a difficult part for me to take the movie seriously because every scene, which, so we had our first sex scene. Yeah, which and was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. But and next to me, I just guess, as ooh. <laughs> See, I love that. <laughs> I know you do. And, no, but I genuinely don't. Okay. What I enjoy about, like, the, the, you you say the community aspect of it is like which i haven't gotten in a while because the whole like midnight release culture has died but uh like the last big midnight i've said this like a million times but the last big midnight release that i remember going to was first avengers the first avengers yeah because it was at 1201 i thought you saw endgame too though i saw endgame like opening weekend and it was a big experience like that because everybody was excited to see endgame but back at like avengers one it was like marvel fans and like comic book fans and like it was a bunch of nerds staying up till three in the morning <laughs> to see the Mar the new marvel movie first that was the big crossover one that everybody's been waiting for and like everybody knew the impact of every scene and like there are so many cool little quips and jokes and things like that like fan servicey moments that like you feel everybody feeling together and it like heightens your sense of enjoyment for it at least for me, because like when when the Hulk grabs Loki by the legs and starts whipping him over his head, uh, is like and does the puny god scene, I was like, oh my god, holy shit, he just completely interrupted him silently in my head. But I hear everybody around me having that same moment at once, and it makes my feeling of that elevated. So it just elevates the whole movie experience for me. Got it. It's like. It's like a, <laughs> this is, I'm unproving my own points, but it's like, it's like a real live laugh track. Oh, that's like, nice. Yeah. More like laugh tracks are just absolutely lazy 
crappy, terrible ways to tell you how to feel. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, hey, this part's funny, but it's n- they just throw it in whenever they want you to laugh. But with a movie like that, people are laughing when something is funny. So it's like it's like a real laugh track. Uh, it's like the live studio audiencing, which even like with SNL or something like that, people in the audience are laughing more than is necessary because yes. they laugh <clears throat> too often for how funny those bits are. Right. Because they probably have an applause sign, but in the movie theaters, they don't. So like the laughs are genuine, the <gasps> the gasps are genuine, things like that. I, I love that. I haven't gotten that in a while, and I, it was completely silent in Eternals, except for... <laughs> someone was uh like snapping or something like that there was there was an angelina jolie stan in the audience when i was watching every time thena did something cool they'd be like mm. <laughs> like every time <laughs> and it was like very weird it started to get very weird toward the end there's a real intense thena reaction when uh when when um what's the name of the creature uh the deviant the deviant um has the voice yeah, changes the voice and yeah. like the the look, and it's trapping her. Yeah, and uh, the the little fuck face next to me said, "Oh, that ain't fair. That's cheating." <laughs> That's cool. How old was like fuckface? Uh, I want to say like thirteen, yeah. fourteen. Yeah, prime fuckface age. <laughs> yeah, right around that age. Uh, and I was just okay. That's the scene is so impactful now because I have yeah. the commentary. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah. So lie. like, it, and I'm one hundred percent honest. It's so hard to judge the movie outside of that context because so much so much of it was ruined. Yeah. Like it, I feel like I've had I've had movies straight up ruined for me uh because of that. And I've had bad movies made unbearable because of that. I saw X-Men Origins Wolverine with a theater full of fuckfaces and it was a bad time. <laughs> it was a bad movie surrounded by bad people. I felt um, really bad leaving. Yeah. Like I didn't feel good leaving the movie theater, which yeah. is like which you're is just you're angry. Like I was not only angry, I was just, I just, I had, it sucked because it's like, this was a Marvel movie. I could have taken it as such a specific experience, but instead it turned into what can I draw from this into an, uh, as an exposition? Because I, I couldn't enjoy it from a cinematic, like viewership Mm. type of, of, of viewpoint because that was ruined. Yeah. I couldn't, there was no heavy moments for me. Yeah. Even with, uh, what about, uh, Druig when he decides to quit the band? Yeah. All right. Why? Cause I (laughs) (laughs) did fuck face go, oh, that's not fair. That's cheating. (laughs) I, I, he straight up at one point stood up, put on his flashlight and started walking in front of the chairs of his entire family looking for something. (laughs) That's very, very disruptive. Yeah. And then talking to like his sister, just at normal volume. Jesus. In the middle of the fucking That's movie. very bad. On top of the coughing, sniffling, snapchatting, popcorn scrunching mother next to me. Yeah. So that was extremely difficult because I literally had a bright light right next to me. Yeah. And I was like this, leaned like as far away as possible. Yeah. At one point for a solid two minutes, I just turned and just stared at her. <laughs> and I just went, I hope you look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Did she ever look back? No. No. Well, no. When you're that oblivious to life, it's very <laughs> difficult to understand the, that kind of feeling of somebody staring at you for doing something socially inappropriate. But yeah. I, I, I almost, and I'm, so, I, I, I said this that night. I'm so glad I didn't. But I almost, because you know me, <laughs> being a fucking troll, <laughs> I almost did exactly what they were doing. 
but I wanted to do it to them. Ooh. So I almost at one point when he was like using the flashlight on his phone and shit, I was about to take out my phone and put on my flashlight and then say, <laughs> yo, I got you. And just start looking with him for whatever or he was looking for. shine it in his face. <laughs> yeah. Or when she started Snapchatting, I was going to pull over and just be like, yo, this is a good scene. What's your, what's your snap handle? Yo, let me get that. <laughs> just, no, just normal that, volume. Just That wouldn't have helped. All of that. They wouldn't have got it. All of that. No. No. And just, oh my gosh, I was so ready to just be. I was also going to just take, because um, my girlfriend, she got, I think it was like Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, nice. I was going to take the wrapper and just play with it. <laughs> Just scrunch it in a ball in my hand, just next to me, for the, and just say, how long can I go before they ask me to stop? Yeah. If they even go. notice. Yeah. And maybe they won't even notice. Fighting fire with fire. Do you ever tell people to shut up in the theater? I almost did that night. I do all the time. It feels so good. Let yeah. me tell you, you've probably had the thought of like, I just want to tell them to shut up. But like, that would make it worse or whatever. It never does. It feels so good. If you just leaned over and said, hey, can you shut up? Or like... Can you put your flashlight away? I'm trying to watch a movie. You're not in your own home. It works every time. Really? And even if it doesn't, you get the satisfaction of like, I told that person that they're an asshole. You see, I'm, I don't think I'd be that composed in saying it. You don't have to be. You no, can completely think, go off on them. No, that's what I'm saying. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't want to escalate the situation. And yeah. I know I would. Yeah. You could also, you could be the person who just straight up goes and gets like a, a, a what's it called? Uh, an usher? A, an usher. I almost did when somebody came in, a kid came in, in the middle of the movie, walked in, stood at the end of the aisle, mm. crouched down, and started talking to his friend mm -hmm. in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And then they pulled out their phones, were doing stuff, and then he got back up, and then he just stood there and watched for a little bit. Kept talking with his friend and then just like, all right, dude, I'm out. I'm going to go back to mine later. And he just like walked out and out. Jesus. <laughs> I do like, it's one of those things that I feel so strongly about theater etiquette that I like, I don't understand. Like, how were you raised? <laughs> like, oh, that's what, what, that's why, why I don't... said I could probably shit in a popcorn bucket in front of my chair <laughs> and they would feel right at home. Yeah. It's, so, it's a real, like, ah, uh, man. Like I have, I have dreams of like owning a movie theater and just being such a hard ass, a militant owner. Like, yeah, exactly. About, yeah. Like have a window in the back in the projector room, and then just like see people and like have a walkie-talkie, like usher seat J six, <laughs> kick him out, no refunds. A bouncer comes over, just picks yeah. him up. You're out, sir. Please yeah. leave. I think the movie. <sighs> I can't talk about any type of emotional impact of it, but I could talk about as far as. The cinematic impact of it. Yeah. A part that I kind of don't get, but kind of get. <laughs> At the very end, when Cersei freezes the Celestial. Yeah, it turns it, into marble. Yeah, right? All of that. This giant Celestial emerging from the Earth. Yeah. And Doctor Strange is nowhere to be fucking found. <laughs> <laughs> Again. It's so, just... I, how I, is nobody aware of that? <laughs> like I, I went into it knowing... Someone said someone at work saw it before me and said, I'm not going to tell you anything about the movie, but I will say that you will have a deeper enjoyment of it. If you have that like Marvel Cinematic Universe suspension of disbelief of like, there's a bunch of movies where it's like, where are the Avengers during all of this? Uh, and it's, you will, you need that because spoilers, they're not in it at all. <laughs> so no, like, no, you got, you got to just take the movie for what it is kind of in a vacuum. 
And I did. And with that in mind, I enjoyed it. The movie was very unique, but also frustrating with the fact that each each Eternal had like only one thing. Yeah, they had their power and they had their thing. And that's it. Yeah. And it's not like they could have just, they all had something similar. Yeah. Right? They all didn't have superhuman strength. No. Or Icarus had like flying that. and laser vision. Uh, laser And eyes. he, well, yeah, exactly. Superman. He loved Cersei and he was really true to the mission. Athena uh, had like the super combat tactics. She could make swords and shields out of like light or whatever. And she had the, she went cuckoo. Uh, and then Gilgamesh had super strength, which was so cool to see. Like, it was so satisfying, like the thuds when he would yeah. punch stuff. And then he was the caretaker for Thena. And Sprite had the, she could make illusions and things like that. And she was stuck as a, in a child body. And she's, like, unsure of why she was made like that. And because she loves Icarus. And, yeah, each one had their thing. And, like, they all come into play at the end. Like, um... Like, Thena's doesn't really come into play at the end, but it's like she realizes that her cuckoo pants time is because she's remembering, like, her previous iterations. And that, like, that becomes normal. So it doesn't really, like, her thing doesn't affect her, uh, like, decision-making. Well, in the well her thing act. is about the journey of finding peace because they call it the rage or they call it because her eyes go white. Yeah, exactly. When she's losing control of who she is and she just wants to kill everything. Yeah. Right? Um. I felt like that was kind of trying to talk about her not coming to terms or like coming to peace because mm. she's not that. But I think it was more about her living with it less than trying to fight it off. Yeah. She wasn't going to fight this thing. It yeah. It's going to be a part of yeah, who exactly. she is. Yeah. That was cool. Um, <laughs> did you have a favorite Eternal? Um, I loved Kingo. Camille Nanjiani. Yeah, probably uh, Gilgamesh. Strong boy. Yeah, because yeah. he was, I don't know, he was just, he was funny. He, he was, was cool. the he gentle was, giant trope. Yeah, yeah, he was the gentle giant trope. Yeah, which um, was very good. Like, uh, he just really wanted people to have his pie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Gilgamesh was cool. Gilgamesh was unique, too, because he's, by the way, he was the guy from Godzilla. He was what? the kooky scientist from Godzilla. Really? Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was sure. the kooky scientist from uh, from that, and it was yeah. cool to see him in this role. He was uh, he was really good, too. Um, I liked at the end when uh, when his kid is like, well, so what do you, what's your power? And Theana just, like, spears a thing out of, like, a, like a fruit out of thin air. He's like, nope, 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 nope. He's oh, that's up. not Gilgamesh. That's um, uh, Fastos. Fastos. I'm the, sorry. The I'm gadget sorry. guy. Yeah, Gilgamesh yeah, yeah, yeah. was the Asian, like, super strong dude. Yes, I, I keep thinking Gibraltar, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking Gibraltar. Very, yeah, I get yeah. that. No, no. But yeah, Fastos was really, really cool. Fastos. That's yeah. what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Fastos. Um, yeah. I like his character. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. You have lost your babysitting privileges. Yeah. <laughs> that was very cool. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, the, it was weird how, I mean, and this goes back to the theme, right? It goes back to the theme of humanity and what it's so magical and special and yeah. potential and blah, save it. Um, how human they all became. Yes. They became so... Spending mem- 7,000 years with humans. Right. I mean, Ajax says, like, oh, go be your, go do your thing. But you would think that they, because they come realized as gods and their power of being so much stronger than that, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird to see them acclimate the way they did. Yeah. But you're right. The second I say that, it's brought up to me, they've been on Earth for 7,000 years. And I go, okay. I get that, but like, 
<laughs> but like, it's, you know what I mean? But like, but they're still gods. But they're still gods. Like they know it. Like Icarus <laughs> yeah. clearly knows it. You know, yeah. like they all understand it. So it was just weird. It's a weird dynamic to see that. To yeah. see it because it's not like a situation with somebody like Superman, where Superman is an alien and Superman wants to be a human mm-hmm. because he he sees humanity for its its again the same kind of idea like the greater good of the concept of potential for humanity and what it represents and and the hope that that humans always pursue and how they're worth saving right Mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing right like oh if you love them so much then like what are you willing to do superman yeah exactly that kind of thing yeah um it's and to go back to a point that was said before uh, outside of this podcast um Icarus is the only one that seems to Icarus and Sprite actually to mm-hmm. me they both seem to understand they are not human. Yeah. And they don't accept that. And they're just like nope, I'm an eternal. Nope, I'm a basically a god here. Yeah. And no, this isn't And Kingo. Yeah. So like Icarus yeah. was the one who is that. He he had that feeling of like nope, we're that's not like we shouldn't care about these people like yeah, yeah. they're cool but like we're <laughs> we're on a mission from a celestial to make yeah. another celestial to make billions of more people so yeah. like this is a good the the good <laughs> plan in the long run which by the way on paper i'm on that side <laughs> like yeah these people are cool but we're eternals and this is our <laughs> job and the job makes way more people yes if we believe the celestials which a lot of people are like yeah that's not it's not I don't think that's what celestials do. I think they just want more celestials. That that baby celestial isn't going to go out and make more solar systems and more planets with more people. There's is just going to be another celestial. <laughs> um which maybe who knows but uh, given what we knew i'm i am on team icarus <laughs> if i could uh, yes. take a step back from being human or even, fuck it being a human no i'm down with it i'm like, down with it yeah, let's no, go icarus we, we let's don't go. deserve to be saved let's go let's go yeah go, let's it. get that celestial do it um sprite's motivations were i love icarus so i'm gonna go That's on it. team icarus i'm gonna do what he does kingo yeah. i thought had one of the most interesting character choices of He's right. I'm on his side, but you guys are my family and I'm not going to fight you. So I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Narratively made perfect sense. Movie wise, huge bummer. Yeah. <laughs> like see, I really wanted to see him do something in the third something act. Something fight, like some yeah. kind of fight part. At the I was end. literally waiting and like it didn't happen. I was waiting for him to like show up. Well, he even says, he goes, I'm not, even with my help, like. I can't beat him. Like, but you that's can't such beat a him. perfect, juicy setup for. <laughs> but even with my help, but you know what? At the very last minute, I am going to give you my help I'm and maybe sacrifice himself or something like that. Like that's like the the it's the very generic thing to do. But like yes. that's what I was expecting, and like it's good that they didn't do it. Then it's interesting that they didn't do it. Instead, you know what did show up? What? Human love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Is that is that tell me that's not the thing that actually stopped this from happening. It's so, because like, Icarus goes because of this human love thing. Yeah. I cannot stop you, Cersei. Yeah. Out of all the things that could stop me, my love for you is one thing that I cannot overcome. Which is interesting, right? Because it's element. not like love for humans or like it's not I see how the humans love, but I have learned to love you like a human does, which yes. is very interesting. And because of that human love, I can't do it. Yeah. And then I'm going to yeet myself into the sun. 
<laughs> well, because he can't live with himself, right? Yeah, like instead of pay for my crimes. Yes, I also think we know where the rings came from. The ten rings. Ooh. Oh, oh! You, you didn't put that together? No. The way he's building the ring, like we have rings that will will put the rings on and will unite us and like we'll be, have like this one unimind and all this other stuff. Oh and, my god! And there's ten of them. And he's building these rings. Yeah. Oh you my did, god! You didn't notice that? No. And then you had the end scene from Shang-Chi when they go, this is far older than anything I've ever dealt with. I don't know what this stuff is. That's wild. Oh, my God. That's definitely Eternals rings. That's pretty cool. They have to be built from Eternals. That's pretty cool. And like the like the blue like and like the orange that uh, Shang-Chi and his dad had was uh, had like a similar aesthetic vibe as Mm -hmm. like the Eternals powers and the circles and like kind of the wizard kind of sparks like Doctor Strange-esque sparks, but very like geometric. That's really interesting. You didn't think about that. No, I didn't until right now. So that was so obvious when he's saying. I could build us like bracelets, like 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 ten rings. Yes, <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes sense. Wow, seven thousand year old. I haven't on- seen anybody put that together. You're onto something there. Really? Nobody I haven't seen that in any comment sections. That's so obvious. That's so interesting. That's a good catch. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. what else was I gonna say? Uh, what was the big celestial's name? Finn Arishem Arishem yes yes uh, Arishem so you didn't see it in XD you didn't you did not end up seeing it in XD no the I big did not theater. see XD I did and his voice shook my seat and it was <laughs> so cool I also loved the visual cue of every time Ajax or Cersei talked to him and like just weird circles would pop up and then they'd quickly fade to be him that was so cool it was so interesting to see um yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really cool. I, the a lot of people are complaining that there were too many flashbacks. I think they were done in a really cool way, almost like the way, like the order, like the movie Memento is told, where it's here's present day, here's way way long ago, here's present day, here's a little bit sooner ago, here's present. And like the flashbacks kept getting more and more current. I liked it because I thought it was well paced. It yeah. explained the modern of what we were seeing instead of having to build it up for the first part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was... I, I liked it. I did think at one point I went, oh, shit, are we hopping back all movie? Yes. Like, when are we going to stop yes, yes, doing yes. the hop the, the hopbacks? Very close to the end. Yeah. <laughs> Almost the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought they were great, though. Um, I think pretty much all of the acting was, like, top-notch. Well, look at the um, fucking cast. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, except for Sprite. Sprite was just a little annoying. <laughs> like, you didn't like was, Sprite? Yeah, she was just kind of a crybaby. Well, Sprite's supposed to be a child. No. Sprite's supposed to be 7,000 years old just in the body of a child. Yes. Which I I was kind of expecting more of like a... Like, there have been some act, young actors and actresses who have done that, like, adult stuck in a kid's body. Or just, like, kid who's wise beyond their years. Um and i didn't really get that sense i just they, i don't think they I wanted to they had a kid i think they i think they i thought they wanted to make it seem like there's a representation of a of child yeah of yeah. being a child but like 7000 year old child yeah yeah um but uh yeah all the characters camille nanjiani was hilarious uh the guy who played drug the irish dude was phenomenal i think he stole the show i think he was the best actor of the the movie his yeah. breakdown scene when he's like I could literally stop all war forever. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not letting me. This is bullshit. I'm out. 
Ajax, um, I was going to say, didn't really have a, not a lot of scenes. Not a lot of scenes. Yeah, she... So... I'm not a huge fan of Selma Hayek, so I was Why? kind of okay. I just she's never clicked with me. No reason in particular. It's just I'm not. I haven't. I haven't seen like some of her bigger movies, like um, uh, uh, Frida. I haven't seen Frida, which okay. I'm sure is great, and I'm sure she's phenomenal in that. Yeah, she's great. So my experience of her is like Thirty Rock, Wild Wild West, <laughs> uh, a few <laughs> other little things, and then in this she was fine, um, but. But yeah, I was I was fine with the amount of screen time she had. I was uh, I was a little taken aback every time I saw Angelina Jolie on screen because boy oh boy, she just looks like an an, an aging movie star clinging onto her youth. Like, I didn't think that really like all the, like she she's starting to just look like plastic surgery, which is unfortunate. She has very sharp cheekbones. She's got the big lip fillers. I don't know. I didn't think that. I don't want to like bash her or anything. She looked like, like Angelina was, Jolie. Ex- like that. I think that's what it was. Every time she was on screen, it's like, "Who boy, that is Angelina Jolie." <laughs> it's a problem. It's the same problem Brad Pitt has. Yeah, where where it is, that's Brad Pitt. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not like the Leonardo DiCaprio slash Daniel Day Lewis type situation where they get so engrossed. Yeah, that even though we know it's them, we go, "Oh, it's this character." It's it's like, it's really hard when you're Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie to be yeah. like. Oh, that's totally not them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're they're so distinctive. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's no way to hide it. Yeah, and very and iconic. Makeup, yeah, and makeup does nothing but enhance that. Yeah. Um, I thought she was great. She reminded me a lot of her action days. Yeah. Tomb Raider, Angelina Jolie, and uh, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Smith. Smith. Yeah. You know, and I thought a lot of that. I was just like, fucking right, dude. Yeah, she's I'm, kicking ass. She's kicking ass. She this hasn't really so done cool. it in a while. It was cool to see. Yeah, exactly. She hasn't done that in a long time, and it was really cool to see her do it again. I, I, yeah. I missed, as weird as it sounds, I missed action star Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Like, I, I missed that. It yeah. Is, I really like seeing her do that. I also liked the, um, like the love, interest, friendship type situation they did yeah oh yeah with that that was also really really with her cool. and gilgamesh yes because they didn't force it yeah they made it very very natural yes that i wanted to kind of end with that and uh, we're over time we're we spent too long talking time. about twister yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's no 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 that's not um well whatever and we'll just we're gonna go until we're satisfied but i loved the relationship between the Eternals, like the relationships between the Eternals. I loved, uh, I mean, Cersei and Icarus was just classic love story. Sprite and Icarus was like very unique. I'm stuck in a child's body and I love this person and I can't because it's weird. And like, we saw that with her at the bar at the birthday party at the beginning of the movie where she like disguises herself as an adult (laughs) and things like that. I loved uh, Kingo and his valet, like this dude who he just trusts implicitly, who has like the most respect for him, who's been his valet for 50 years, <laughs> so, which means he's been his valet since he was like in his 20s or yeah. something, probably. Um, How many cameras did you bring? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, I loved uh, Makari and Druig. Uh, by the way, we haven't talked about Makari. Uh, A, she's deaf. B, she invented sign really? language. In Obviously. The world. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that in the movie. Thank yeah. you for showing well, me. Well, it was so cool. It's like there she was not deaf in the comics. Like that oh, char- really? that character is a dude who is not deaf in the comics. So they did a gender swap and she's deaf. Um and she's a speedster, which is one of my favorite depictions of a speedster that we've seen in movies so far. My favorite being uh Quicksilver from X-Men. 
like Evan Peters, silver okay. hair. He runs in slow motion and there's cool 80s music every time. Yeah. Um, that is incredible every time. But her is like, they did it in real time and they just showed how fast she was. Her beating the shit out of Icarus on the beach was so cool to watch. She was punching him so fast. She was melting the rocks around him. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very cool. And like her running to try to find where the celestial was like, hey, go run to this spot on the earth. And she's like, cool on it. And yeah. like we got to see her do the whole thing. She's, she's running on awesome. water. Yeah. yeah. She was deaf every time there was a conversation happening and then she was a part of it. Everybody just signed. Like they yep. just started signing. I was waiting for you to mention this. And yeah. let me tell you, it was real sign language. It was American sign language, which is a little weird to comprehend because American sign language is based off of the English language, right. but invented by a French dude. <laughs> which I heard some people complain, like, how does she know American Sign Language 7,000 years before it started getting spoken or whatever? And it's like, well, there are other things in the movie that imply that the Eternals invented a lot of human culture, so why not have her and be Be the the one who invented sign language? language. American Sign Language, ASL. Which French Sign Language started first and blah, blah, blah. Um, But she was awesome. And her, like, relationship with Droog was very cool. Like, they were just really tight. Like, they were really close. And he always called her, like, my beautiful Makari. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was a romantic relationship. It was, like, borderline romantic, which was so interesting. Like, they like they never kissed or anything. Like, well, they not, never, not, like, well, embraced did, each other. Right, right. Neither did who? The only people who were embraced were Icarus and uh, uh, Ciri. Yeah, they, they Cersei. were Cersei. They were the ones who were like in a love relationship where Druig and Makari were kind of like flirty friends kind of thing. Like, See, I thought they were together. I, I mean, they could be, but it was like kind of up in the air, like yeah, open to interpretation. I could, I could see that. And then I think my favorite one was Thena and Gilgamesh, who is just very like deep deep friendship like to the point where we're almost family and i'm your caretaker kind of thing of like you have the madness or whatever they called it in the movie it's some weird like alien yes. word uh and i'm just gonna take care of you and make you pies <laughs> and you're yeah. just gonna be crazy in the desert and i'm gonna like just be your your like protector it's so cool it was like it was beautiful like the the relationships that they That's, portrayed yeah it was Yes. Yeah. They, and like that, you don't see movies do that, let alone Marvel movies, <laughs> like yeah. portray that many deep, meaningful relationships that like, like each one I connected to, like I didn't yeah. like have experience feeling all of those, but the, like they were, they felt so, I think you said it earlier, like organic. Like yes. he was like, oh my gosh, Athena, Athena's, Athena's my girl. Like I'm going to take care of her in the desert for 500 years now. Yeah. And then he did. And then he like wears aprons and cooks <laughs> in like his cast iron stove outside. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. And then like those relationships uh, affect like the third act and how people act and things like that. This is very cool. Very cool. Um, but K- again, Harrington. keep in mind. Yeah. It was all heavily heavily like humanity based yeah themes for everything yeah right and going back to what you said i guess maybe that was the mission it's like oh they created civilization what we are today and they feel this connection and this this uh this this this, this not binding relationship but they they feel this they feel bound to humanity like a bond a straight up bond yeah, yeah, they feel, yeah, yeah. i will say this there were scenes Uh, Kingo, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically with Kingo, where it was almost too goofy. Yeah. And I was like, 
Okay. Yeah, this him is... explaining that he's his great grandfather and his grandfather and his father, and but, <laughs> he's like but, a dynasty of movie heroes. Yeah, but all, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I, I guess it makes sense. It's Be- a stretch. It make um it makes sense because uh, I can credit my girlfriend for this. She was saying, but that's always portrayed for people who've been around that long. Like you look at any character that's supposed to be this like long living, huge lifespan, like a vampire or something like that. Well, you look at the per- the character from Loki. Who? The character from uh, Loki. I forget his name. The time guy. The, the the man at the end. The, the 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 one who remains. And how fucking loopy was he? Yeah. Right. And it was just like it's because at the end of the day you realize it has no meaning in a way. Yeah. Because you're kind of always existing. Mm-hmm. So what becomes the point when you've been around that long? So yeah. it kind of explains that. And that's always been the saying for death, right? It's because we know there's a finite times so we're going to see a sunrise. This sunrise is always beautiful. Mm. Versus wow, if you're have you never heard that? Nope. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. No, that's so <laughs> yeah. blew my mind. Doug. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, that's, that's a saying that like, um, it's part of the viewpoint of how death is always something is something that can be looked at as a beautiful thing. How you have a finite times to experience something. So every time you experience it, it's a wonderful time. So yeah. that's how you cherish the moments you have because soon you will be out of those moments because you don't get infinite moments. I can't believe you never heard of that. No, that's really good. But then <laughs> on the flip side of that, Eternals and the man, the one who remains, they do. So they kind they, of there they is no last sunrise. Yeah. So exactly. what's the fucking what's the point? It's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like yeah, there's yeah. Nothing. The the mag the magnitude behind doesn't exist. Yeah. It's just another factor into the day of a thing. That's, that's really it. interesting. It's so it's not. I mean, Rick and Morty touches base on that too, right? Like infinite timelines, infinite realities. What's the point of living? Like, yeah. I know that I exist in some other world and, like, my consciousness does exist and continues existing. There's no point for this for this consciousness to exist yeah. because there's so many possibilities of it existing. There's no need for it. Whoo! So, We're getting deep right now. So I don't care. And then it comes back to the microcosm of, but that's why it should, you should care and it does matter because you have this consciousness and this reality and this experience and that's all you have. Yeah, even so though make you're, it count. Even though you're aware, exactly, you're aware of all the other ones. In reality though, you are only experiencing this one. So mm-hmm. cherish it because this is the one you get. That's awesome. So it's like the immediate blowout of going so far. Dan, Har- I'm, t- I'm quoting Dan Harmon in, a, in, a, in an interview where he talks about that because mm-hmm. he talks about if you zoom out far enough, nothing will matter. <laughs> but when you zoom back in, to the point you started at that's all that exists yeah and when you zoom back in that's you and that's the thing that matters and that's that's the experience (laughs) that you have even though you do have the ability to zoom out infinitely to see that none of it matters and it's all nihilistic at at its core when you zoom back in it defeats that because even though you know that exists and you can acknowledge it you're left with the thing that you started with that's beautiful right can we can we end on talking about the movie itself on are you on Cersei's team or Icarus's team? Icarus. Yeah, same. Oh, fucking Icarus. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Earth. <laughs> yeah, Icarus. Uh, 100%. Oh, we ne- we never talked about uh, Mr. What's-His-Face. 
Um, Kit Harrington. Yeah, I was I was about to um, before you just absolutely blew my mind there. But, um, <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. So so yeah, we're both on Team Icarus. I think we both enjoyed the movie. I'm uh, sorry that you had a shitty, shitty, I, shitty movie yes. going experience. I, I I think I would have appreciated the emotional impact of it more if it wasn't for the fact that I was hating humanity for bummer. every minute of that movie because yeah. of the people around me. I I saw it in a in a fairly uh, sparse theater on a on a on a Tuesday night. I the should, showing was seven forty five, so should, it was late yeah. in XD. Uh, and there were like eight other people in the theater. There were people diagonally above me and then diagonally below me. And those were the closest people. Uh, there was someone snapping at all the Angelina Jolie parts. And then there was someone who came in with their flashlight. That was a little, a little disruptive for like a minute. Um, I need to do that next time. Yeah. But it was just luck of the draw. Like I looked at it. I was like, oh, the, uh, let, let me look at the theaters. And I did the same thing since you could reserve your seats on the Fandango app. I was like, let me look. And oh, this one's actually pretty, pretty sparse. This should be pretty good. <laughs> and I didn't even tell my girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, hey, we're going to see Eternals. Is that 745? That cool? Because she was like, let's see it on Tuesday. And I was like, cool, 745. I picked the theater <laughs> because okay. I picked the the most empty one, which happened to be XD. <laughs> yeah. And, um, she probably wouldn't have splurged <laughs> for the XD price ticket. How much is it? Well, it was also on Tuesday, so it was discount day. It was only it was ten bucks, so it was like a normal movie <laughs> that was price. Than my, for the than our tickets, yeah, exactly. Uh, which I love seeing movies on Tuesdays. Thank you, Cinemark, for discount Tuesdays. By the way, yeah, we gotta we gotta get a sponsorship by Cinemark. <laughs> Huge shout out to Cinemark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be fun. Actually, that would be fun, right? Um, so now let's talk about Kit Harrington, who yep. just didn't exist in the movie. He was just a dude. That's good. That's a good thing. Really? Yes. Really yes. though? <laughs> yes, you don't need you don't need to to you don't need you don't need to flash him around. So just because you have like a vintage muscle car doesn't mean you need to fucking throttle at every every red light when you go get groceries. Well, you can just drive to get groceries and come back and people can say, "Oh, look at that car." You don't have to go at every red light go so to use your vintage muscle car yes. analogy, yes, it's like if there was a movie coming out that we knew was going to have a crossover with the Fast and Furious series, and we knew that Vin Diesel was going to appear in this movie. It's some. It's like a, it's gonna. It's the next Need for Speed movie. We knew that Vin Diesel was in the next Need for Speed movie, so we knew that it was gonna cross over with Fast and Furious, and and Vin Diesel's in it. And he, we see him a couple times. He's like friends with the, one of the main characters of the movie. He's like the love interest of one of the main characters of the movie, per se, like Kit Harrington was. And then towards the end of the movie, we see him getting his black souped up charger. And then he closes the door. And then the movie ends. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, I guess we'll see what Vin Diesel actually does in the next one. Because there was no point in having him in this well, one. I'll be honest. Into the post-credit scene, I didn't understand the sword. Okay, so I didn't. I didn't know the background behind that. I knew who Kip Arrington was playing. I didn't. I knew, I knew. Okay, so you probably that's why you enjoyed him more. Yeah. Because oh look at that! I, I knew wasn't that spoiled. He was, I knew that he was Dane Whitman because that's who he was cast as. It's Dane Whitman, and I knew that. Holy shit! That's the fucking Black Knight. <laughs> He's like a like a D and D character in the Marvel universe, which is very exciting to me, a Turbo nerd. Uh, 
So he, Dane Whitman, can I tell you who this guy is now that he's been set up in the post credit scene? He is, uh, he inherits the, the, the ebony blade, the ebony sword, I think from his uncle who went by the name of the black knight. Uh, and this sword was extremely powerful. Um, it can cut through anything in the universe. It could cut through an infinity stone. It could cut through vibranium, just like a normal sword. Just shing, vibranium. Captain America's shield cut in half with this sword. Um, it also, the more you use it, the more you have a bloodlust to kill people. <laughs> and the more you kill people, the stronger that bloodlust gets. So his uncle was super powerful and went totally cuckoo bananas and iron man killed him and in his will he left the sword to dane when did iron man kill him not in the mcu but in the comics uh he left his sword to dane so dane is a main character he's a good guy who has a very magical sword oh the sword also can like deflect magic so like you could fight doctor strange with this sword it was shimmering black yep (laughs) it could and following his hand yeah right like uh like uh that cool like magnet yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. ferro fluid or whatever it is very cool effect which i don't think that's in the comics at all it's just that's some visual flair for the mcu which mm, i loved it (laughs) Um, got Disney dollars. You got to spend it, you know? Like, <laughs> but yeah, like with this sword, you could cut Cap's shield in half and you could bounce uh, Doctor Strange's spells back at him. <laughs> so okay. it's pretty powerful um, if used for good. But the sword kind of infects your mind and makes you more and more evil the more you use it, which is very interesting. And we've seen the setup of Dane Whitman, the character. He's kind of like just a dude who's like a good dude. He seemed like a good guy in the movie. He's like a professor at a museum or whatever that was was, at the beginning. And he was saying, I'm not who I said I was. Yeah, I just found out that scene earlier in the movie when Cersei's like, go uh, connect with your uncle because the earth is about to explode. (laughs) His uncle was the one who gave him that sword. (laughs) So he's like, I learned a lot about my family. Uh, And then at the end, we see him messing with the sword in the box. Um, And then we hear that voice off screen, which I thought was going to be his uncle saying like, are you sure you're ready for this? Do you know who that was? It was confirmed to be Mahershala Ali, the actor who is confirmed to play Blade. So that was Blade (laughs) off camera. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes. So we're going to see Kit Harrington with this evil sword teaming up with Blade the Vampire Hunter. So so tell me more about the character then. So what is... Dean Whitman? Or Dane Whitman? Yes, as far as in the MCU then. So he gets this sword. Because in in the scene, he goes, forgive me, I think. Or he says something like that. Uh, It's that your price is uh, death or something. Or your your reward is death is what the old thing said on the inscription of the box. And he's like, forgive me, but I have to try or something like that. And I think that's him kind of saying out loud to the audience of like, I really need to try to use this sword to be a good guy and maybe get Cersei back because Cersei got stealing stolen by Arishem. he's like i i need to get the sword to try to get cersei back um so even though i i have a feeling this is gonna turn me into a bad guy i'm gonna try and use it for good which that's like his whole character thing that's which sounds very very interesting to me cursed super magical sword in the marvel universe but oh my god! What does Blade have to do with it? Because I don't know. He Blade fucking vampires. <laughs> vampires and shit. <laughs> so what's yeah? So what's Blade have to do with this? So. Here's my two little complaints about this. So about whole, that scene specifically. About Dane Whitman being okay. in the movie. He has nothing to do <laughs> with this story. Really? I mean, I don't know about in the comics, but in this movie, he was just a love interest who gets a magical sword at the end. Yes. After the story is done. Like, the credits have rolled, and now he gets a magical sword, 
and we just it, like it does like the MCU up until this point has done a very good job at like planting the next seed for mm-hmm. like the next thing that's going to happen. And it's all been very interesting and it feels very organic the way it's all tied together. For example, at the end of Avengers one, what are these aliens? Why does Loki have a bunch of aliens? What's going on? Oh, we just found out that they're Thanos. So Thanos is the one who's behind this all. So he's been pulling the strings, which means he probably wants to do the infinity gauntlet, blah, blah, blah. We know where this is going. Dane Whitman is just, hey, by the way, there's this guy and it's Kit Harrington, and we're going to put him in the movie to, to, cause, so you know who he is for the next movie. Or Marvel. Uh, and it's like, it's the laziest, like. Well, okay. There have been some lazy ones before, like at the end of uh, Thor 2, when they get the ether. Right. And they're like, let's keep this safe. Let's go to this brand new place in outer space and give it to Benicio del Toro who we know is going to play the collector in the guardians of the galaxy movie. And they're like, Oh, infinity stones. Thank you. Or whatever he does. And then it's like, okay, that came out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> but it's whatever, I guess. Okay. So then what did you think about Patton Oswald and Harry Styles? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely blew my mind. The portal opened. And I was like, huh, something's happening. A fucking troll comes out of it and he starts talking and goes, oh, geez, no more blah, blah. And immediately I was like, is that Patton yeah, Oswald? I was like, is that Patton Oswald in the MCU? <laughs> is that drunk, tiny Patton Oswald? I had no idea who that the character face was. even looked a little bit like him. Yeah, too, exactly. Which I think it was, was definitely a CGI face inspired by Pat Oswalt's real yeah. face. I had no idea who that character was. I did not know what was happening to me. Uh, and then another portal opens and a guy starts walking through. And I was like, is this Kingo? Is this Icarus somehow? Who? What is going on? Who is this? Uh, or I was thinking maybe it's Thor because like the the teleporter looked fairly like rainbowy and magical. Too thin for Thor. And then the, he keeps walking up and I was like, that's Harry Styles, the singer and kind of actor. And then he explains that he's Eros, uh, who goes by the name Star Fox, who is an eternal from Titan, who is Thanos' brother. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. That one legitimately blew my mind. I did not know that Harry Styles was in the MCU. And I like I said like holy shit to my girlfriend, and she's like, You didn't know that? And I was like, You knew that? <laughs> She's like, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I'm a girl in my 20s. I knew that Harry Styles was coming to the MCU. <laughs> so, yeah, she knew about that, and I didn't. Absolutely blew my mind. So he's an Eternal from a different time. Not a different time. Well, I mean, I guess. He's an Eternal, uh, and he is Thanos' brother, like full blood brother. Uh, which, obviously, you could see the resemblance. Yes, uh, which I had to look that up, because I was like, hold on. He said brother, but is it like brother like in quotes or yeah. is it brother period with yeah. capital b uh and apparently there's a whole storyline in the uh comics where thanos is like why the fuck am i purple because <laughs> like it, thanos's parents and eros's parents look like eternals and thanos is fucking grimace <laughs> with a, a ball sack chin <laughs> Uh, okay. And he legit like doesn't know why he uh, used I, and spoilers for the comics. I don't even know which one this is, but he like dissected his mother when he like did his whole Titan. I'm going to kill everybody thing. He dissected his mother to try to look around in her guts to figure out what's wrong with her that made him purple or something like that. Super fucked up. But yeah, that's his brother. That's like straight up Thanos's brother. So we're going to hear some like postmortem Thanos who, backstory, which who is, was an eternal who is an eternal. Thanos is an eternal. Yeah. Thanos is an internal. Yes. 
He was he so Thanos and Eros were offspring of Eternals, which like makes them Eternals, but they're but not Eternals like created by Celestials Eternals. Yeah. So yeah, they they had children somehow. It's like Blade Runner. Uh, the robots made babies <laughs> somehow, but <laughs> spoilers for Blade Runner. Spoilers for Blade Runner. I'm just gonna leave it there. But um, but yeah, they they had babies, and it was Thanos and Eros. And Thanos is like, but yeah, but why am I purple? <laughs> and he like got super pissed. And he's like, Nah, you guys suck. I'm gonna destroy half of all life in the universe. Um, which goes pretty against the Eternals' whole deal. If their thing was to make enough people to make an egg for a celestial, that's and then what Thanos I'm... wipes half of them out. <laughs> that's what. Okay, so that kind of I was gonna say. It, yeah, I kind of, I actually literally ignored it because I was like, none of that scene made sense to me. The the Star Fox scene? The only scene that made sense to me was Patton Oswald is a drunk, <laughs> like, goblin. He's a goblin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, like, like that makes sense. Yeah. Because Patton Oswald voice acts. So yep. that, I can see that. Yep. And he's been in two MCU things so far. He was he's in, in Modoc and yeah. he was in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. And then, so I didn't know Harry Styles was in it. I did not either. And right before they show his face, one of, I forget who says it. They go, wait, so this is Thanos' brother. And then it shows Harry Styles. <laughs> and I just went, what? And then it's like, dun, 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 dun. And then it just ended. And I just went, I, I just sat. Granted, I was also sitting there because if I moved, I would have. I would have just like started punching the people next to me. So I just mm. sat there still. <laughs> oh, they didn't stop. You think they stopped? No, I had, I had Instagram live and Snapchat next to me. Yeah. Fucking going for all the bonus scenes. 100%. Yeah. They didn't stop. Yeah. But I, I just thought that like visually cosmetically, very confusing, but then story wise, very confusing. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me. And it now was... you explained it in detail to me and it's, Less confusing? I was equally as confused as you. And then while waiting for the second post-credit scene, I looked it up. <laughs> I was like, okay, hold on, what? Uh, and I was like sh- showing my phone over. I was like, oh, Stanos' brother. Oh, yeah, they're offspring of Eternals. I didn't even know that. I think I knew that way back when I looked up who the fuck Thanos was at the end of the first Avengers movie. Because at that point, to be honest, I didn't know who Thanos really was. Okay. I knew Infinity Gauntlet, but I was like, what? Court death? What's going on? So Thanos is uh, offspring of Eternals. So is Eros. Which I also noticed that Eros's um, like armor and like suit looked very old. Uh, like it looked like retro, uh, which makes sense. Cause it's probably like his parents, like it's probably his dad's clothes or something like that. Cause he was birthed from Eternals. He has powers as well, by the way. Uh, Thanos has powers, but they never really address it or, uh, Maybe he doesn't have powers in the MCU, but he did in the comics. They, I mean, they made him super, super, very strong, very strong and I mean, a perfect MMA fighter. <laughs> no because like i i remember there were fight scenes in. i mean i've only seen Endgame game once but um there were fight scenes in uh in the the final fight scene in Endgame where mm-hmm. it was there was a lot that he was doing that i forget yeah some of the details but he had the ability to do <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um yeah he was just a very strong very good fighter but i i forget exactly what his powers were eros's power is like um he can control people's moods and emotions and it's particularly strong with women. <laughs> so he's literally going to be like a schmoozy, like womanizer type guy, which honestly, Harry Styles. Yeah. 
Like <laughs> it works. It. <laughs> yeah, it totally works. Um, I'm excited. I love Harry Styles. His music slaps. His, uh, he's very. Yeah, his music is very good. Uh, I'm not against him in the MCU. I love him in the MCU. I'm totally against the way they introduced him. I I so loved it. He appears and he's like, "You guys look like you need some help." By the way, Thena, super smoking hot. Uh, here's my dumb drunk troll who I'm embarrassed to hang around, but he's like my best friend. I'm Thanos's brother. I know where to find your buddies. <laughs> like <laughs> hell yeah! And it's Harry Styles. Uh, every girl's like heartthrob fantasy. Um, I was I was all about it. I was like I, hell yeah. I won't lie. I I was thinking after like after the. After the movie, I was thinking it's going to be cool to see him in fight scenes. Yeah, oh yeah, like it's going to be cool to see him fucking kicking ass. Yeah, it's going to be neat it's, to see. It's going to be very cool. He's also he was in Dunkirk, the uh, Christopher yep. Nolan World War II movie. Yep. He was great. In it. He was good. Uh, he was in a couple other things as well, and he's he's great. He's a good actor. He's like one of those musicians who transitioned very well into acting, like Jared Leto and, and yeah. things like that. So, I'm I'm really excited to have him. Um, but yeah, that that kind of. It was a weird fucking ending. The the post credits? All of it. Yeah. The way oh my God, the movie yeah. ended. The Arishem just showing up in the sky. Just like, I'm being like, you broke the rules. I'm yeah. going to judge you. Show me what you got. Yeah. And yeah. then it <laughs> takes her away and then disappears. Yes. And humanity <laughs> is like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we just finished the whole Thanos shit. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It was very show me what you got. Because <laughs> it was literally, it was like, you broke the rules. Prove to me that that was a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to go through your memories to see if they're worth keeping around. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we have, then we get introduced to a, like the, the sword and the new, the new character there. Then we have a new character after that. And then we have a whole new story plot there. And it's yep. just, does that mean there's an Eternals 2? Yes. Like, uh, they said the Eternals will return. So maybe not explicitly in Eternals 2, but those characters will be back, which I'm so happy. I think a lot of people's criticisms of the movie are valid. I what still, are the criticisms? I haven't looked up anything. You know me. Uh, criticisms. Uh, Kingo leaving the third act, <laughs> which is very, very valid. I get narratively why it happened. Cinematically, huge bummer. It would have been awesome if he came, if like he spirit bombed himself in. Just oh yeah, because that's another like um like Chekhov's gun. That rule of like once you've seen something important, seemingly important, you know it's going to come up later. And he had that super charged up spirit bomb thing, and it's like okay, can't wait to see an even yeah. bigger version of that in the third yeah. act. No, nope. like, buy me time, buy me time. Yeah, exactly. Buy you time. Are you ready? Yeah, it was very cool to see him do that once, and I'm glad we got to see him do that once. <laughs> I totally expected him to like come in with that at the third act of like, I quote unquote left, but I've been charging it up for two hours, <laughs> so now it's just like a nuke. Um, so yeah, that uh, too many flashbacks. Too much of the story was told via flashbacks, which I get. I, I get. enjoyed it though. I did too. I I had a I don't good know time how watching it. it. I mean, you can't. That's kind of the problem of like it's one of those things where this is a very hard storyline to convey in a, a, a one movie. A lot of people said that it should have been two movies, like one of like the backstory and then one of what's going on now. That f- first movie would have sucked. I would have been okay with it. Yeah, I mean, like because it would have been, it, been it would have been fighting deviants. Yeah. It would have been fighting deviants and protecting humanity. Yeah. And if, then maybe at the end you would have found out that like the celestials oh, there's actually a baby celestial. I would say no, this. not even. I would say at the end if they split into two at the end, you just end it 
with the scene that they had, which is we all split up. Yeah. You end it with that. You make it much more dramatic. You make it much more heavy. And then, you like, really get into the goodbyes and how they travel and where they settle. And, and like, like Icarus that. is the bad guy of the second movie or something. Not so much the bad guy, but we don't know he's the bad guy. You okay. know what I mean? Sure. And then the second movie would start and it would you, it would be kind of the... Here's the only complaint, I, I mean, besides what I said with the heavy handedness of the message uh, of the theme of the movie. I would say the one thing that was weird to me was they fucking snoked it. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm. It was, it was, oh, look at this, look at this big bad deviant. Oh, isn't that a big bad deviant? The like, deviant who keeps getting more and more powerful oh, throughout man, the movie. Oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, fuck him. Athena kills him. Oh, here's... <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that was my biggest complaint with the movie. I out loud went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> when he died, like, I was expecting him to come back to life because I was super, like, anticlimactic. Because it was that. <laughs> fuck him. Athena kills him. <laughs> it was that, but it was also just, oh, the real bad guy. The call was inside the house. You know, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Icarus, and then, then he gets chained to the ground. He's fine. Uh, he's done. You know, it's just... But it's, now the big celestial. Yeah, how exactly. are we going to stop? Yeah. Uh, we put our minds together. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just yeah. there were so many big, like, oh, but this, but, oh, and this enemy. Oh, that's... Uh, oh, but this big bad guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, but this. Oh, uh. It was... So this movie, what it did really well was, like, subversion of expectations. Of I think the best subversion that it did was uh, Druig was obviously going to be the bad guy. <laughs> Of like, no, I quit the band. I could mind control people. That's ne- that's never been used for evil. I'm going to leave and you don't know where I'm going. And I'm like, okay, he's the bad guy. You th- and then, That's nope. what you thought? Oh, 100%. And I then, did not think that at all. Nope, it's pretty boy Rob Stark. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's the Icarus. It's Ro- he's Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, which, okay. by the way, as someone who you haven't seen Game of Thrones... <laughs> Wait, Icarus was Rob Stark? Icarus was Rob Stark, and Kit Harington was Jon Snow. I know about Jon Snow. Yeah. I know about Jon Snow. Lots, I've seen lots of posters. Yeah. Lots of posters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so. been in a lot of posters. Yeah. Rob Stark uh, was in the first half of Game of Thrones. That's how I'm going to put it. <laughs> Did you like Icarus? I thought he was great. I mean, he was a little, like, flat. Like he didn't really. I think they. I think they tried to do that by design to show how much of a machine he, he is. He was very machiney and stoic and yeah. calculated, and everybody else wasn't. Even like Angelina Jolie seemed to have just a, a smidgen more depth than him, but like everybody else was like brimming with like personality, personality, and charm, and charisma, and humor, and stuff like that. Charisma. Yeah. Even yeah. Drug, who's like the emo, like Irish, I could mind control people. It's like ah, my beautiful Macari, yeah. uh, and like was so like cool and he had a fucking leather jacket at the end of the movie like and then you got rob stark who's just like we're on a mission and we have to complete the mission and it's like okay yeah sure keep you keep doing your thing bud um yeah it's just very, very kind sorry of boring. i didn't mean to interrupt with the icarus question but you were going on about how like you agreed with uh and this bad guy and this bad guy and this is the focus yes. and this is the problem so no, the well, big, but what about this the d de- i wish that that deviant uh his name was uh i forget his name uh uh i don't think it had a name it did that deviant had a name yeah i think so i don't think it had a name canonically it, it did okay he well, had a name in the credits but i don't know if it was spoken in the movie but um anyway uh it was such a letdown. It, like that, he was even in the trailer talking all menacingly to uh, Angelina Jolie. I don't remember the trailer. Yeah, he like had that scene where he was like lifting her up, and he was like, "You're gonna lose" or whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, fuck him, he's dead. Yeah. Um, 
Also, he was uh, he was played by Bill Skarsgård, the guy who played uh, Pennywise in the most recent It movies. He's like a legit like actor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, there's two, at least two Skarsgårds in the MCU now with uh, Stellan playing uh, Martin Solvig. Not Martin Solvig. He's the yeah, TJ. What? I was gonna say what? Uh, the um, the Tesseract scientist guy. The Swedish dude who's yes, in the Thor yes, movies. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. But yeah, that that was that for me was the biggest bummer. That's been a lot of people's criticisms of like you play up these bad guys and then you very nonchalantly deal with them for the bigger bad guy, which I I wish that was like a, a bigger deal. Like I'm totally cool that the Celestials were the real bad guys. Uh, but are they? Yeah, I mean they were like the opposing argument is what i would say <laughs> the opposing <laughs> argument yeah i like the opposing argument which uh i was one of like the most refreshing things in the movie like my favorite villains have been like thanos killmonger um i can't remember some of the other ones that i've loved but like the villains were like i kind of get it <laughs> you're kind of onto something there there was something about thanos though with the way thanos spoke yeah that was the most magnetic part of Thanos. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it was the fact that he was a giant. He's thought about it. He was very well, well thought out sentences. Composed. <laughs> like, yeah, composed. Extremely composed. Exactly. You know, even I always think of the scene when um, when he's on uh, nowhere, and mm-hmm. they come and they and he he has the this he uses the stone to to fake reality and mm-hmm. he shows up and he's almost he's not bored. He's amused by the whole scenario. Like yeah. Oh, I th- I always wondered if you would cry. Like, yeah, I always thought exactly. if you would shed a tear for when yeah. I died. Yep. And he appears, and everybody's like, oh, and he's just amused by it. He's yeah. not even shocked or threatened or any of it. He's just yeah, he like, turns he turns him into like bubbles. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, she Confetti. told you, didn't she? Yeah. Okay, do it. Yeah. He's do like, it. And he's having this. Chris <laughs> Star Lord's having this existential breakdown and Thanos just like <laughs> he's toying with him do it just like <laughs> yeah, puts exactly. him, puts very her good. Very like good. it's it's that type of it's terrifying yeah that somebody's that composed in that situation and yeah. that so much control um that's that's the allure for me of Thanos yes also his plan was not the not the craziest idea of wanting to do for the greater good granted yeah. again you could have just doubled resources so yeah. whatever but I, I think the the magnetism of the character in Thanos is why there's that there's that god damn I want to listen to I want to listen and see Thanos. Yeah, I want to go to his TED talk. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean Killmonger, I I mean Michael B Jordan was great and Killmonger was good, but Killmonger for me as a character I despised. Mm. I was like I you're it's so brash and arrogant. Mm. It's arrogance that I didn't like. Yeah. But his message was very correct. Exactly. Which <laughs> his is his message was 100%. That's what makes right. a good bad guy. And like Magneto's another one. Magneto's uh, another one, yep. Of like you are definitely a bad guy, but I get it. But yeah, it's like I, I totally <laughs> get it. And I feel like if you were if you appeared and you were threatening to kill me, I would be like, yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. Well, I kind of understand, you know. <laughs> if there you was know? a celestial that was about to destroy earth, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah you know um, making billions of more planets I, yeah billions of more people on different planets i, I get it i get it um just real quick because we are uh about 46 minutes over where how long we normally go but yeah um, okay okay 
we're going on Endgame. I mean, there's a lot to talk <laughs> episode about. Episode territory. Yeah, true. Some true. of the other things that people didn't like, uh, too much of it. It was very exposition heavy. There were too many characters. Nobody really had to, their time to shine. The characters were very one-sided. Uh, there were too many flashbacks. Uh, and Kingo left the third act. <laughs> I thought that was by design. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, the one-dimensional part, I thought was by design. Okay. I thought they wanted to showcase individual parts of humanity in them. Mm. And how when they came, that's what I thought, right? I kind of took it as like each one has their thing. Like the Celestials made multiple of them with multiple different powers. So they would each bring something different to the table. Uh, And there's some reason that they are the way they are. So that's why this one is like that way. And that's why this one is this way. And it's not just their powers that sets them apart, but it's this one very specific character trait that they also bring with them and i was totally cool with it i don't need 10 completely three-dimensional characters you can't do that in two and a half hours no but like that's what you get when you have the avengers together yeah that's that's why they each have their own movie (laughs) and they they have have that that three-sided character that they're bringing into this exactly like when you have iron man and thanos and captain america talking that's a that's a situation you know all the baggage they're bringing to the table yes exactly we all met them in the same movie you wouldn't have time to you wouldn't have that hit and again i didn't view it as like like you're right 100% right you can't cram that in the time I always thought though or I've been thinking though they portrayed each one for the, the strength of that personality to signify that part of of, of emotional range of being a human yeah right like, yeah. like if you think about it like super flamboyant and playful you have super serious you have super loving and caring mm-hmm. you have fierce and and and, and vengeful and mm-hmm. rage you have all these different um all these different personalities you have uh you have curiosity you have yeah you have all these different things and i felt like they all just tried to show different parts of what it of of humanity's uh i don't know range yeah and I, that's how I took it. And because, especially with the Unimind being being a concept, I thought they are never going to be able to function individually. Mm-hmm. Right? None of them are an Iron Man. Right. They're, they almost require each other to, functional, to, to, to function at full capacity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, it's also interesting uh that we really should wrap it up but this might be a little uh a little teaser for maybe the next movie i was i was on the wikipedia page for like list of eternals because i wanted to see like all their names and like how they're all actually not all of them but a lot of them are inspired by greek mythology so i was on this page and i read the list of eternals and that's where i saw eros and thanos and all the other ones and their parents there is one of the eternals listed was called unimind from the comics and it was from when a bunch of Eternals linked their minds up together, it created a new sentient being who became a full-fledged Eternal that had like aspects of all of them, which we kind of saw hints of with that um, the the deviant who is like sucking up their yes. traits and things like that, yeah. and kind of got more evolved with each one. Um, so we kind of got this aspect of like 
the Eternals aspects could be absorbed by one being and like it changes that being. And then we straight up had them say, oh, let's do the Unimind yeah. and put all our minds together. And that happened in the comics and created a new character. So I'd be interested to see if they go further down that rabbit hole. And like maybe when when they did that, it created a new character that we don't know about yet. Or maybe they do it again and it creates a fully new character called Unimind. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it kind of sucks that we lost some of the Eternals. Yeah, moving forward. Yeah, which um, I mean that we wa- we lost the powers that we lost were strong and healing. So <laughs> I'm cool those, with it. Those are good. Those are really good. <laughs> we still got uh, illusions. Oh, except Sprite is a human now, Sprite's so she human. probably doesn't have powers. No, anymore. she lost her powers. Uh, we got finger blasts. Uh, we got super speed, which is always fun. Uh, we got we lost flying and laser vision. Uh, we still have alchemy. We could change stuff into other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could create machines with our hands. That's super cool. Uh, we got like, I can make swords and shields and stuff out of light. So we still got some cool powers kicking around. We lost strong and healing and laser vision. We lost Superman. <laughs> we and, lost Superman. And force healing and uh, he was strong Ic- punch. Icarus was extremely Superman. Yeah, they even they call him template. Superman in the movie. Yeah, but like he's the template was very much like the way yeah. the eye shot, the yeah. like the way he flew. Yeah, yeah I don't exactly. know, he seemed very Gosh, it's, I completely forgot to talk about that. What? It confirmed the existence of Batman and Superman. In, in the, the MCU, MCU. <laughs> like as fictional characters, Batman and Superman exist in the MCU as fictional characters, which is really odd that they so specifically called that out as well as Star Wars. There were like three or four Star Wars references. They, uh, uh, in King O's jet, uh, Empire Strikes Back is playing on one of the TVs. Oh yeah. In the back, you saw the Han Solo, uh, yep. Han Solo scene. Uh, and then, uh, the uh fastos's son is a huge fan of star wars he had some there's something to do with they were talking about star wars or something like that and he had a bunch of posters of star wars on his wall so that it's like very like star warsy and also batman and also superman yeah interesting well the star wars stuff is easy that's the same yeah exactly same, same property but yeah, like so. straight up they had a conversation about superman <laughs> yeah true true so it's interesting it was, it was unique Okay. Inter- interesting seeds that they're planting there. So we're going to wrap it up. Yep. Next week, we'll talk about speed. Yes. Let's include the post-credit scenes. One to ten. On a scale of one to ten. The entire movie experience. The entire movie experience. Uh, no, because I'm going to give it a one uh, with experience. Let's just M- say the movie. movie. Of course. Movie. You can't rate the movie based on the shitty people who sat next to you in the I theater. Mean, that's, it's really hard, but I'm going to try to. <laughs> I would give the movie a solid seven, which I would give a lot. I would give a few MCU movies a little bit lower than a seven, but this one I would give a seven, maybe an eight on a good day. Immediately leaving the theater, eight. Now thinking about it and like really poking holes in some of it, seven. Immediately leaving the theater because of the experience I had to deal with, Mm -hmm. I was actually at a five. Yeah. It's higher than that. Yeah. Looking back on it now and trying to take away the ruining moments of what I had um, with a healthy dose of like, well, it's not, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier. I'd have to say it's a pretty good 7.5. Sure. Love it. It sounds like we're in agreement. I was I was honestly nervous that we would agree too much, but I've, I've enjoyed having this very 
calm banter about it rather than just yelling at us yelling at each other you wanted a fight is that what you wanted i legit thought you were gonna hate it and i was gonna be like i loved it and then we would just (laughs) argue for two hours did you think i was gonna hate it because of what you saw in the note or you or because because of the rotten tomato score oh what's the rotten tomato score 44 (laughs) (laughs) did you not know this it is by far the lowest rated marvel movie the next one it's not is that bad. Thor 2 at a 61. I mean, if you saw it the way I saw it, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but, like, it's not. It's by it's itself. Just, since it came out, it just keeps going down and down and down. I remember it came out and it was like, oh, it's at a 60. It's the lowest rated one. You know one. why? You know why I think that is? Why? I, I know we keep dragging this out and you gotta go. I'm sorry. But I think it's because every Marvel movie we've seen, for the most part, mm. it's been based on a human. Sure. And I know Thor's a god, right? But it's that's still, he still has very human qualities and attributes, especially with uh, like his own self discovery and self journey, his acceptance of, of the self and all these other things that he goes through. But there's so much that we see that we can relate to. And this movie mm-hmm. was about things that we should not have related to. Mm-hmm. It was about non human, non sentient robots created by a god to destroy earth yes and we had to align with that story <laughs> yeah and cheer for them in two hours <laughs> it's hard to do that yeah it's exactly. hard to do that so i take it with that type of view and because of that that's how i say it. that's how yeah. i take it yeah but until until next time everybody yeah who thanks Ooh. for sticking around if you're still here which i doubt you are but thank you <laughs> until next time bye If you had to choose one of Dolce Gabbana, Gucci, or Hugo Boss, which one would that be, sir? Well, that new uh, The House of Gucci movie is coming out soon. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. I guess I'll go Gucci. I don't know anything about any of them, but Lady Gaga and Adam Driver is in the Gucci movie. There's not a Hugo Boss movie as far as I'm aware. So that's my answer. All right. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good.